You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Jesus, wonderful. <clears throat> There's about a uh, 100% chance that I'm going to cry today. <laughs> I got my tissues ready. I got a... Uh, I got a cousin in North Carolina. <clears throat> he's completely bald, but he's a preacher at an <laughs> old Baptist church. And he gets going, he starts patting his head. <laughs> I'm trying to get it together. <clears throat> Well, let's pray uh, for me. (laughs) God, I thank you. I thank you that you never leave me nor forsake me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Precious Savior. (laughs) You know, he really saved me. I was really lost and he really found me. I was really dead and he made me really alive. Makes me cry a lot. Uh, Anyway, so uh, hope you guys are doing good. (laughs) Um, A few months ago, um, Lord kind of dropped in my heart um, this really big picture item. He does it every so often. Not. Not frequently, but like once a year. And um, I really believe that um, what what's on his mind to do, big picture-wise, uh, what I believe he's doing now is boiling everything down that we do in the Christian life and in the church down to two things. The death and sufferings of Jesus, and his resurrection. And that's it. Like everything else we talk about, it's going to be the death and resurrection of Jesus, and then healing. Death and resurrection of Jesus, 
and then family. Death, you know what I mean? Like everything else is going to be based off of these two things. And I believe God's just, um, how did he put it? Well, I, I had the picture of him excavating the foundations of Jesus' death and resurrection and putting it back on front display. That was, that was the imagery that I got. <clears throat> that the cross, Jesus' death, his sufferings, and the resurrection would be reestablished as the very trophy, the very foundation of everything we talk about, everything we do. Uh, not saying that it isn't, but I'm saying that it's going to be back on the forefront now. I believe that's what he's doing. And... Um, <clears throat> I feel like it was on the Lord's heart for me just to push pause and to take a moment and say, what am I even doing? Like, why am I even doing what I'm doing? And uh, so it came to me, as Eric Gilmore would put it, remember the gospel. Because <laughs> it is perfect. <clears throat> One of my uh, favorite scriptures in all of the Bible is in John chapter 1. <clears throat> and it's when, uh, before Jesus even gets on the scene, this is the first time Jesus has ever seen. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. And uh, John the Baptist is doing his thing. You know, he's preaching in the wilderness. He's preaching in, in, in beside the rivers and everything else. Repentance. Kingdom of God is at hand. Making the straight paths. Anyway, so uh, the next, this is uh, John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That was the first, first, he saw Jesus coming and he said, behold, forget everything else that I'm doing. Look at Jesus, the Lamb of God, here he comes to take the sin from the world. And uh, it's really amazing because John the Baptist was as Jew as you can be. And he said, here comes Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes the sin, not only from Israel, but the whole world. And John the Baptist saw it from the very beginning. And uh, in Revelations chapter 13, I think it's verse um, 8 or 9 or something, it says that the Lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. And then in Revelations chapter 5, I'll read it real quick. It's just a few verses. Maybe. Yeah, Revelation chapter 5, starting at verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and on the sea, and all things in them I heard saying, 
to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. You know, there's a, uh, there's a Stephanie uh, Gretzinger. How do you say her name? Stephanie G. Gretzinger. Um, she has a song called Center of History. And the Bible even shows us that even before time started, the lamb was slain. And even an eternity after time ends, they're still going to be saying the lamb who was slain. There's one event in all of history that heaven has in its mind. And it's the lamb being slain on the cross. It's the only thing that's worthy of talking about when we get to heaven. And it's the only thing worthy of talking about now. All the wonders and all the powers of the kingdom of God and in this Christian life that he gave us can be pinpointed back to a single event. All the way in the highest heaven, all the way to the depths of hell and everything in between is going to be talking about one thing forever. Jesus on the cross. <laughs> it's so amazing. Why? Because the God of the universe, whose footsteps melts the mountains like wax, whose voice shatters the cedars of Lebanon, the God of the universe who gives permission to lightning, the God of the universe who told the ocean where it should go and no farther, the God of the universe who numbered the stars and every hair that has ever sprouted on every single head, that God who dwells in unapproachable light decided to wrap himself up in a tiny little baby fetus and live inside of a woman's womb for nine months. <laughs> he left all his glory in heaven to be born a man for the sole purpose of dying a horrible death so that he could be with me forever. So that he could be with us forever. <laughs> but God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. And I don't, I don't know about you, but there was a time when I hated God. That's the truth. I resented him. I wanted nothing to do with God. And he saw all of that. And he still said yes to the cross. <laughs> uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, I think it's verse 7, he says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. <laughs> In him we have redemption through his blood. And uh, 
listen, I get it. I understand. I understand the sentiment. But if I can tell the truth, it bothers me a little bit when I hear people say just one drop was more than enough. Because if that was true, it would have been over in the garden. He would have stood up after sweating blood and said, it is finished. If that was true, it would have been finished the first time the thorns pricked his temple. He would have went home. If that was true, he would only need one lashing, not 39. He would only need to get hit once, not be marred more than any other man who has ever lived in the history of the universe. I needed the whole cross. Those 39 lashes was for me. Those nails were mine. And he took them for me. <laughs> and I think it's so important <laughs> because I need to understand the fullness of his suffering so that I can understand the fullness and the severity of my depravity, how dead I really was. I need to understand the fullness of his sufferings so that I can understand the fullness of his goodness. I need to understand the fullness of his sufferings so that I can understand the fullness of his mercy. I need to understand the fullness of his sufferings so that I can understand the fullness of my freedom. How free he really made me. How pure he really made me. How finished is it when he said it is finished? If I say that one drop was enough, then I, I leave all this room on the table for all the other stuff that I can get tangled up in. That's the way I believe. <clears throat> in Colossians chapter 1, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation, and above reproach. Colossians chapter 1. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation, and above reproach. <clears throat> One more time. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from all accusation and above all reproach. Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Uh, having all confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. The only reason God can live in man was because he made us completely holy. It's the only reason. Because his blood, his sacrifice did all the work. All of it. A perfect and holy God. The only reason he can live in man is because of what he's done. <clears throat> So uh, I was in, I was praying one day, I don't remember when it was, a few weeks ago, and I was apologizing to the Lord for something dumb I had did or said or something, I don't remember. Um, but I was like imagining myself um, handing over my sin to him, saying, God, I'm sorry, here it is, it's the truth, I did it, I was an idiot, please help me. And... Uh, and he spoke to me and said, turn around and put it on the cross. So in the vision I saw, I was holding, if you've ever seen Charlie Brown and the dirty kid and the little black squirrely, you know, cloud, that's what the sin looked like in my hand. So I, I had to turn around, physically turn around behind me and put it back on the cross because it was behind me. And then I turned back around and I saw this ocean of impossible possibilities. It's like after the cross, after you leave the cross, then there's an infinite amount of impossibilities that you can accomplish because of his cross. Because of how full and complete his sacrifice really was. And uh, I, I heard C.S. Lewis um, say one time, it, might, it was in a book or something, but he said, it's, it's magical how now a physical nature responds to a spiritual realization. He's like, it's magical. I was like, that's incredible. Well, that's, I thought it was amazing. That's incredible. Because <clears throat> everything changes after that. Like your spiritual revelation that his cross did it all for you changes everything. Everything from the top to bottom. Yeah, so Second uh, Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And uh, I wrote this quote down from C.S. Lewis. He said, uh, Jesus forced open a door that has been locked since the death of the first man. He has fought and beaten the king of death. Everything is different because he has done so. This is the beginning of the new creation. A new chapter in cosmic history has opened. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and I know I just, I just wanted to give you a small little glimpse into this marvelous gospel. Please don't think that this is the whole thing. <laughs> 
But I just wanted to I just wanted to bring us back, take a moment and say, remember the gospel. Remember the cross. Remember the fullness of his suffering so that I can remember the fullness of my freedom. Nothing is impossible with God. Trust the blood of Jesus. Believe in the gospel that you've heard. It is complete. And uh, I know what you're thinking. Well, I believe I know what you're thinking. (laughs) And and, and like, I have this feeling like you're remembering all of these things, all these little trash things in your life that you just want to get rid of, but you feel like you can't. All the things you say, all the things you do, all the little spider webs, I like to call them, all the little doubts, all the little confusions. All the things you don't like, things that you do say, believe, that you know is wrong. I mean, let me tell you this. You were not created to be a slave. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And where does that freedom come from? The cross. And let, this helped me a lot. I, this might help you. This helped me so much, even in my prayers and, and even, even conversing with God, that I was, my kids were sick one day, both of them. They were driving me crazy because I was praying. It was like a week, and you know, nothing was getting better. Nobody was sleeping. Everybody was miserable. Um, and I'm like, Jesus, you got to do something. This is ridiculous. Come on. Sickness, get out of here, you know, all this and that. <clears throat> And this helped me so much because I sat and I thought and I remembered that Jesus already died on the cross. Like like it was finished. Like he already did it. You know, it's not like I have to put him back on the cross and wait for him to die again until my kids get sick. Until my kids get better. You know what I mean? Like that helped me so much that he already did it. Like it was, it's finished. He's, he's already done. He doesn't have to do it anymore. So now, now my thinking has changed from, I don't know, I guess I was like throwing stuff at the cross. I don't know what I was doing. But I was like, but now it's like I just cash in the check from the cross. It's like, it's, he's already paid for it. It's already done. So just take it. You know, that helped me so much. And that goes for everything. That goes for uh, slavery to your thought patterns. Slavery to addiction. Slavery to physical illness, mental illness, whatever, whatever you want. You weren't created to be a slave. <clears throat> the saddest thing I ever heard, and it still remains true today, was that somebody said they didn't know they could be free. Oh, that gets me so much, man. <clears throat> they didn't know that they could be free. Let me tell you, you can be free. Just yes. because it runs in your family. It doesn't have to run in your family. You can be free. (laughs) You can be free. Uh, Jesus will set you free. Let me put it that way. So that's it. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to talk a long time. Uh, (laughs) Trust the blood of Jesus. Believe in the gospel. And uh, I'm just going to pray real quick. 
<clears throat> and uh, yeah. So I just want to remind us: come to the cross. Become a new creation for the first time or for the first time all over again. Believe the fullness of his suffering so that we can believe the fullness of our freedom. The fullness of what he really made us to be. All the other lies that we inherited, all the other stuff and doubts, they just float away because of what he's done. <laughs> yeah, God. Thank you. Thank you for the cross, Jesus. Thank you for this marvelous gospel. Thank you that you said yes to me. Thank you that there was nothing you wouldn't do to save me. You left all your glory and splendor in heaven. You came to earth.
so perfect and so wonderful. I worship you. socks blessed off <laughs> if you just want to pray and just have somebody to pray with these people are incredible thank you for joining us on the live stream remember the gospel we love you guys we bless you in Jesus name Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.